0: Buongiorno tutti, benvenuti a Kimberly's Italy I'm Kimberly Holcomb and I'm here with Tommaso, my partner and podcast maestro
1: Ciao belladonna Ciao
0: And today we have an incredibly special guest and his name is Paolo, my friend from Tuscany Paolo is a chef and basically a connoisseur of wine, cheese, and every single thing gastronomically related. He is a maestro of tutto. And the way I found Paolo years ago, I was searching for a unique type of day tour with vineyards or cheese tasting or something super specialized and personalized for clients I had going to Tuscany. Started uh, emailing him in my, I, I think I started in Italian and we, quickly went to English but in writing. Uh, my clients spent a day with him in Tuscany, and they were texting me the second he drove away like, oh my God, that was the best day ever. He was fantastic. Never had a more immersive, incredibly unique day than that with Paolo. So after that, I'm like, Paolo, siamo amici. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason Paulo is here in Little Rhode Island is because he had been in New York City doing a couple of private dinners for clients, and he is leaving tomorrow to go to Chicago to do the same. So he had a few days in between. I said, come to our little state of Rhode Island, and I'll get you 12 people for dinner. And that was last night. So the fact that I'm even here right now doing this recording (laughs) is a good sign. It was such an amazing night, and all 12 Americans were just speechless at how delicious it was. So ciao, Paolo.
2: Ciao, everyone. So I'm very happy to be here and, uh, I mean, to be with uh, Kimberly and Tom. So yesterday night was a great night. So I had the chance to meet uh, amazing people and I try to bring some authentic Italian flavor to the oh, table. Oh, and, and
0: you succeeded. And yes, it was a
1: grand slam. <laughs> good, good to
0: know. Okay, so we asked Paolo to record an episode with us because we'd like to share his story and what he does in Tuscany. And Paolo, give us a little summary of your life.
2: Yeah, so uh, in two minutes, do yes, a minute. I'll try, I'll, try, I'll try to do
1: that. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: <laughs> You know, so there's uh, a few years already has been passed since I'm into this business. So it's about almost 30 years now. And uh, so it's going to be maybe lo- longer than two minutes. Okay. But I'll try. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yes, I, I grew up uh, just outside Milano. So, and uh, when I was 20, I decided to to do an experience abroad. So to improve my English and, uh, you know, to travel a little bit. And so I actually, I moved to London. that was pretty close. I was there and I, and I started my journey from the front of the house and then moving around until when, I ended up in the, in the kitchen. when you're in
0: the front of the house, does that mean you're a waiter? Um, Major yeah, D. Um,
2: yeah, I did, I did a bit of everything, yep. so like from bartender to okay. like uh, waiting and uh, you know, like uh, taking care of the customers, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, entering this world uh, like at 360 degree, And um, yeah, so then uh, I spent three years there in London. And then I met the girls, we decided to take a trip around the world for a year. And so there also for me was, uh, you know, the world of uh, food and uh, diversity uh, open up for, um, for me. And so I could like uh, enjoy and uh, see uh, uh, different culture, uh, different uh, way of cooking, of course, and uh, I really like it, enjoyed it a lot. So since then, I'm into this business, and it's <laughs> actually what I like to do in life.
0: So in that year, basically, did you go around the globe? Yeah,
2: we did. The, we started in South America, and we traveled around there for a few months, and then we moved to to the other side. So with New Zealand, Australia, and then Thailand. So I, eventually, we ended up in Tuscany, where the, where she was from. And, uh, you know, the first time, maybe after a few days I was there, I was like a uh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> boom. <laughs> I felt in love with the, with the land and, uh, you know, quality of life, of course, uh, good wine, good food, uh, uh, amazing uh, views and landscaping, uh, you know, very peaceful place. And uh, I really need that. And, uh, you know, again, 22 years now I'm living there and uh, during this time... Uh, where I live is a very, let's say, remote area of Tuscany, or and also, more than yeah, more than remote. Maybe it's far from the big city, right? And uh, you know, but uh, I think it's <laughs> one of the best corners, uh, uh, in my opinion, of course, of Tuscany and maybe of Italy.
0: In my opinion, also, it's the most beautiful. It's called Val d'Orcia. We did a previous episode of the day that I spent with you when I was there on my first trip with the girls. So you can. L- Uh, Go back to episode 31 and listen to that. But in that episode, I described to a small extent how incredibly beautiful Valdorcha is. But if you moved there 21, 22 years ago, was it as beautiful then or have things changed?
2: I mean, the place was uh, beautiful as is today, of course. uh, But uh, I mean, there was no tourism at that time. Oh, the tourism was just started starting. And, uh you know, I, I really had the chance to see the, the, the valley, like, develop. It did develop in a very good way, because, uh you know, in 2004, the valley was declared UNESCO Human Heritage, so it's uh, protect and preserve, of course. And so you don't have any industry or any strange building, so you're just looking at... Nothing uh, ugly, really. Know, nothing ugly. <laughs> nothing <though>. ugly. <laughs> just uh, super nice, everything.
0: And didn't you tell me that when you first moved there there weren't many Italians that spoke English. Yeah,
2: there was almost nobody. It was very funny. I remember uh, at the beginning I worked for these uh, people that were running the tourist office in this little village of Pienza and uh, so I I ran a bar for them for the like in the first years or two. And, um, you know, they were sending me people to the bar to to talk with them, you know, because I had a better English (laughs) compared to the tourist office. It was pretty funny.
0: So you had a very uh, um, multifunctional job, half tourist industry and half bartender. Yeah, but you have
2: to imagine also these places that are like medieval, very small villages, maybe 1,000 inhabitants, one village, 2,000, the other one, and lots of countryside around. So... I don't know, uh, uh it was uh, very interesting and very nice for me to have the possibility to connect to so many people, no, because right. my English because uh, uh my experience already I had uh, like developed in this uh, fields, so uh, I have to say that um, uh it was great because everybody was trying to connect with me to help them to you know they are having these uh build, tourists coming build from their business yeah to, be, to build their business right. basically. yes.
0: So, Paolo, after the bar slash half-tourist board job, where did you go? Did you work in a
2: restaurant? Yeah, I did work in a restaurant. First of all, we together with some friends that I met there, we decided to open our own place. So we had for four years this uh, pretty big uh, live music pub okay. and restaurant. So there were mostly locals coming there. We have been like a, you know pizza, pasta, mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, good live music. And, um, yes, so... In that place, uh, we actually met this uh, American that was there to invest uh, in, a, in a property and to make a business uh, for a boutique hotel. So we started, uh, all of us, to work for him, and uh, it was the beginning of La Bandita. <gasps> yeah.
0: And we also talked about La Bandita in another episode, about the festival of the goose. Yes. A goose? The,
2: uh, the locho in, in Toscan's w- Right?
0: <laughs> and um, we spoke about that in an episode previously, and... I had lunch with you at La Bandita. Oh, my God, it was delicious.
2: Yes. How long did
0: you stay there?
2: I stayed there for a few years, maybe three, four years there as well. And then uh, through this guy, um, I moved to another one that uh, actually bought uh, part of a little hamlet that uh, is called Castiglioncello del Trinoro, the village itself. And uh, the hotel or business that we started there was uh, a... is actually Monteverdi, Tuscany.
0: And it's so, amazing and still. Yeah, it's still funny in because
2: I was the first person to be employed. Oh, you, know? so, <laughs>
0: you should see it now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, now it's
2: unbelievable. And I actually worked there uh, uh, helping them to open in, like the new bar. And then we had a restaurant eventually. So I did for the first two years of the restaurant with the executive chef there. And then at uh, a certain point, uh, I thought there was time to have a. Uh, my own business again. And uh, so I created my own company where uh, I'm still on today and I'm trying to develop and, uh, you know, to make it always nicer. And uh,
0: it's unique as can be like uh, the people I've sent to you have enjoyed it so much. And just like the day you spent with us in October, I went into it entirely in the previous episode, but the travel hunting Cheesemaker, we went to the vineyard lunch at La Bandita, <clears throat> but that's the beauty of your area in Valdorcha because yes. you know all these local.
2: Yeah, I was very lucky somehow, no, because uh, working for these uh, exclusive places, uh, no, I had the chance to go tour around and find the best producer uh, to have the best produce for the places and. Uh, you know, now, as I say, the place has developed, uh, like, uh, still, like, contained, so it's not like a crazy development. Uh, uh, but you can tell now, no, there are people, even Italian or foreigners, they are buying business, uh, you know. And the mentality is more into the business side, you know. Instead, I want to try to keep it really authentic or uh, personal and uh, unique and, you know. Uh, my aim is uh, uh, to offer quality, so mm-hmm. no quantity or uh, even not to grow. I'll try to be prepared on what I want people to know. So I like uh, the knowledge of things. I like to go deeper in um, with everything with clients, so that we can talk. and know, it's not like superficial things. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm there. There is a great place with. Great wines, great cheese, you know, everything's super good. But, uh, you know, during this, uh, let's say, last 15 years, uh, uh, I wanted to offer like a wine tour. So, okay, so I did like a, the sommelier course, I graduated, and, uh, you know, I wanted to teach people know more about cheese. So I did a, a cheese uh, course and, uh, you know, I became like a, a cheese taster. Uh, same things with olive oil or, uh, you know, everything. I want to be sure... That even you know, sometimes I started like using uh, uh, reliable people that I trusted, like to go truffle hunting, to go cheese tasting. But at the same time, I wanted to know
0: it yourself everything, well,
2: everything, no? so that I, I could do it myself. Since already ten years, uh, but uh, I still like work uh, together with uh, great people, right. and uh, so we we share the the work and. Uh, we try to make it uh, real good for everybody to experience. Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, well, just last night, uh, Paolo told t- Tommaso and I he's going to get a dog, a truffle hunting dog.
2: <laughs> exactly, yes. yes.
0: <laughs> no offense to Pierre Paolo, who you took yes, a truffle no, hunting uh, Pierre, Paolo, Pierre
2: Paolo is a friend. But, I know, but, uh, you right. Know, it's, uh, you wanted uh, to learn everything I wanted well. to learn. I wanted to be able to do it the way I like the most things. Uh, and um, so to keep it my way, let's mm-hmm. say, no? And you know, at the moment, I'm actually working at my new place. I'm developing like a a place where I will do activity like cooking classes, truffle hunting. You know, educational tasting. I call it because uh, you know you can compare different producer and wine, cheese, olive oil. You know, and uh, I think this is something uh, um, for me is the best in life. No, yes. when when uh, if I think myself traveling, no. I would love to find somebody like me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Well, actually, can we share that he Paulo bought this uh, old building on a farm outside of Multi
2: Yes, Mol, actually, Montepulcino. between Montepulciano and Pienza. Si.
0: And he's renovating it to have a commercial kitchen where he can have cooking classes and all this kind of educational tasting. And also, it's located right in between all of these cheesemakers, you know, the yeah, vineyards yeah. and small family run. Actually, I should give the shout out to you who found or made me aware of the Vineyard Nostra Vita, which is where my first clients, you took them to. Yes. They brought back all this wine. They gave us some wine. And then I went on my own to meet the family at Nostra Vita for the first time just in October. So I've been emailing, I'm email friends with the family of Nostra Vita. (laughs) I drink their wine.
1: And we drank some last night, as a matter matter of fact. We had a nice bottle of Brunello opened up. (laughs)
2: Nostra Vita is an amazing place. I I love them. Me
0: too. All of a sudden, I finally get to meet Paolo in real life, Nostra Vita in real life. And all of this stems from me trying to find a like-minded person like you doing what you're doing so that I can share it with my clients. Yep. And that I, is the beauty of tutto.
2: Yes. <laughs> but you know what? It's like, uh, you know, there's going to be a real, my real place. No. So I want people to feel like uh, they come and, I'm, you know, they are my friends. They're my guests. And, yes. uh, you know, I want to keep it like uh, small. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be like a big number of people. So the idea is also have a. Uh, sometimes it could be like a little group, but uh, so the idea to have a uh, different people joining together, no, like uh, and sharing and meeting and on them themselves, uh, no, uh, get to know like at the table. Mm-hmm. It's what is uh, all about, no. You know, right. uh, in, in Italy, no, you, you always say that aggiungi un posto a tavola, no? There's always space for an extra chair, no? Like oh, a, oh. Yeah. say that again slower. <laughs> aggiungi un posto a tavola.
0: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. So you can always add another place no, to the table, no, another, another chair.
2: Another thing that I always uh, tell, not that, uh, you know, when I first, like, I start to talk with clients, uh, so I refer to them as clients, no? Mm-hmm. So then when they come to my house, they are guests, uh, but when they leave, I want them to be friends. Yes, So, no, there's exactly. this evolution uh, exactly. that happened very quickly at the end, in right? one day, so it's amazing.
0: Well. It's kind of like last night. Yeah. You didn't yeah, know yeah, yeah. any of these 12 people. And yeah. at the end, it's like, day. my hug. friends. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, we all did a rapid test before the dinner so that at the end, everyone could hug, hug, kiss, kiss, <laughs> Paolo, ciao, amigo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it was great.
0: Right? Yeah. I call you, my friend. I only met you in October for the first time, but I have befriended all these people just from emailing. Yeah. And knowing that we have the same desire
2: and the, it, it, yes. yeah, exactly. and
1: the same philosophies. Yeah, exactly. the same philosophies.
2: So, that, uh, you know, I, I told you yesterday also, know, that, uh, you know, since I'm there in Tuscany and everybody that come to that little corner of Tuscany, I think they really change their mind, the, the view of life. This happened to me. And, uh, you know, that uh, you really understand that uh, you don't need much in life to be happy. You know, simple things are great. Uh, you need to understand the... Uh, uh, of course, in, in uh, food-wise, food uh, you know, balance and uh, flavors. And uh, by the end, you don't need much to make a, a great uh, dish. But And uh, uh, if you have a great company, then it exactly. becomes something amazing. What a
0: good day. Um, speaking of which… Ten minutes ago, Paolo just made us lunch with simple things, and how good was that?
1: Tomaso? Yeah, what do we what do we have in the refrigerator? <laughs> he some, made it some capers and some tomatoes and this little yeah. garlic, and we had a great little pasta. That's
2: the best thing—not to go to shopping, and just open the fridge. Open the uh, fridge, and create something, no? like a. VA. That your fantasy.
1: <laughs> it was it's actually my fantasy to have three pastas in almost <laughs> right, a little over twenty-four hours. <laughs> yesterday
0: he made us caucho a pepe for lunch. Oh, Dio mio, that was amazing. All right. So speaking of those kind of specific things, tell us about the specialities of this valdorcha region. Like, for example, when you took me to the cheesemaker friend of yours, like a generations long family yeah, business. Yeah,
2: so, uh, pecorino cheese, no? Uh, is <laughs> Pecorino means uh, comes from the word pecora which is sheep, so it means uh, cheese made out of uh, sheep milk and uh, so originally it's something that comes from Sardinia. But let's say around uh, the fifties or nineteen fifty six sixty um some family from uh, Sardinia they moved over to Valdorcia, and so they started the business. They brought it. They started That's to make it there. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So let's say the uh, the original people, the pecorino from Tuscany, actually started by Sardinians. Mm. Then, of course, because uh, during these last twenty years, uh, Tuscany, this area of Tuscany, developed uh, faster maybe than part of Sardinia. Together with the wine, of course, in Brunello di Montalcino, Bino Nobile di Montepulciano. So nowadays it's uh, more known pecorino cheese from Tuscany than Sardinia. But uh, let's say now there are also people, uh, uh, not just Sardinian, making pecorino because it's a business, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, pecorino is a great produce, and uh, there are like uh, maybe 40 producers oh, in in, 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 in Val Yeah, in the area there are. There are Few more of and, course and also
0: can i just say that the caucho e pepe pasta that he made us yesterday he brought <laughs> the pecorino from toscana yes. and that's why
1: it was so and and, and also the parmesan yeah, was thirty six months old. Mm. From Modena, yes. it was a little different than you get in the stores.
2: It was just a quick stopover on the way to Milan to the airport. So then I decided mm-hmm. to stop and buy some <gasps> parmesan as well. But uh, going back to pecorino, as no, I say, there are different producers, and so you can really taste the difference. So once you're there, because uh, you know there are. Uh, Every area has different uh, soil, different grass, so the animal eat different uh, food, let's say. And uh, so then the the cheesemaker decide the way he's going to age the cheese. So every producer has a different product, no? So depending what you want to do, or uh, or you can really, the the, the varieties of flavor uh, are huge. It's not just, you know, we have fresh pecorino, semi-aged and aged, they are the more classic one. But then you, we can have like a bigger wheels of pecorino. So let say the regular one is about a kilo, and then we have three, four, five kilos uh, bigger wheels.
0: Well, when you took me to, is it pronounced gagusi Coguzzi. Coguzzi, that cheese maker in Valdorcia, Paolo set up a cheese tasting for us with his friends, the family that works there that owns it. And I thought, well, how different is pecorino going to taste? And it did indeed. Yeah, Each yeah. one was very different. Yeah.
2: No, yeah. I, I mean, I I work with uh, many of them. There's Pian Porcino, another one close to my place. Uh, there's a Il Casale that you also, mm-hmm. I think you did something on them. And, uh, you know, they do unpasteurized, so it's right. going to be raw pecorino cheese. So uh, the flavor is completely different. No, in Pienza there's a there's a contest of pecorino every year. So yeah, there's also like a in Pienza they have this uh, palio or game See, in Pienza, like no? Like in Siena. And they just throw wheels of pecorino <laughs> cheese. The game, you know, is a challenge between like a neighborhood. And so, like how far can the
0: no, the, the wheel they,
2: go? They, they actually have a, a pretty long table. And you have to sort of slime the the cheese to the end of the table. Who get closer to oh, the edge? Oh, you know? like, like bocce. Yeah. <laughs> It's a funny game.
1: I think one of the things you mentioned there, though, which I never realized, is how the different pecorinos. You know, you think Parmesan; it's it's just about aging because it's Parma. Yeah, yeah. But the pecorinos, just like the wines, are different. You can have yeah, two yeah, different yeah. vineyards. Mm-hmm producing from the same grape, and they have two different Brunellos. But, you know,
2: it's like uh, talking about wine, no? So in that part of Tuscany, there's not much like uh, barrique or, you know, like these small berries. So we, mostly like uh, they are like traditional ones. So they're using big uh, Slavonian oak mostly, which is this kind of oak that doesn't release release much flavor to the wine. And uh, being like very big, there's less contact, of course. And so you can really taste the soil. It's something what they say in France, the terroir, no? So it's... Uh, and you can do it just like that, using this big... Uh, like uh, in Montalcino, there was a time where people started to move toward the new style. So they started to introduce uh, tonneau, barrique. And... Uh, when you say
0: barrique, what is
2: that? Smaller... Uh, Barrel. Barrel, okay. yes. And uh, French French oak, uh, sometimes smoked inside, uh, burnt, and so it released stronger flavor of wood. That was a period like 15 years ago, many wines that were like very hooky, no. Mm-hmm. And so, but then actually luckily, and I think that's very good, many of the producers, they went back to traditional, no? Because you really, you know, the soil is so different, you know, in, in one property, somebody can have like a clay on this side, send the other one. And really, you have like a nostra vita. Remember, sure. Anibal yes. has a yes. three different small patch of vineyards, which in name after her Each daughters. Daughter. And everyone has a different soil, and everyone makes a different Brunello at the end. You no, know? so it's uh, it's very interesting, no. And just like this, you can really taste the variety and of 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 what agriculture can offer, and uh, you know the flavors. And this is something unique because you never stop to learn. You never stop exactly. to. Experience. Right.
1: Appreciate the nuance yeah, exactly. that the soil can provide. Yep.
2: Um,
0: does Brunello only come from Tuscan soil?
1: Yes. Like okay. uh, many, many. So that's why we're
0: going not... to move to Tuscany. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: everything. So it's, uh, it's, uh, sometimes it's hard for producer, but I think it's also good uh, like, uh, to keep this... Uh, um, things unique, huh, no? that, uh, you know, that, you know, all this, this, this disciplinary that we have, no? so the DOC, the DOCG, mm-hmm. and especially the DOCG means you see it on the bottle when there's has this, uh, uh, paper, uh, around the neck, uh, like normally is pink. There's a number that says, uh, where this bottle comes from and you know? And so, you know, Brunello di Montalcino can be produced just in the council of Montalcino. Mm. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you can release after five years of the production, uh, so it's quite strict the the rules, and but, they're
0: keeping it.
2: Yeah, but then you have to same things with oil. I think with pecorino, pecorino mm-hmm. comes from that area. Of course, they do it in 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 Sardinia as well. Uh, obviously, uh, they do some in in Sicily, but it's mostly from this area. No other place of Italy, they work more uh, cow milk. So you have right. uh, like Parmesan, uh, Gorgonzola, Taleggio, many other. Uh, there are so many so different many cheeses. cheeses. Yes.
0: <laughs> no kidding. And how long does it take to become like a when you took the cheese courses? Uh, the, like the, the the, cheese course so much to lot, learn.
2: Yeah. So enough for, for the cheese, and uh, I mean the first uh, stage is about three months that you it's like twice a week. So it's not, but uh, you know, there's a lots of uh, studying and tasting and comparing, and then you need to go to uh, places where they do contest, no? so mm-hmm. the, where the producers they bring their cheese, and so you are sort of a judge, you have to taste it, analyze it, the way it melts in your mouth, uh, how long uh, the flavor stays, uh, you know, like if it has like a crystal uh, for some like aged parmesan, for instance. Uh, See, no, so, it's that, very complex that and very us, interesting,
0: that, exactly. That to us is so incredible that there's such pride. In this product yeah. that comes out of Italy, whether it's wine or the olive oil or the cheese, that you have to study it and become, you know, a sommelier.
2: Um, yeah, you have to just keep in trying it, you know, like an, uh, a par- yeah. oh, that's a terrible <laughs> thing to say, right? Why don't we
1: change? I want to, be, I want I want to be a Parmesan connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, anyway, let's finish by saying this, that this area of Tuscany, where Paolo lives, Val d'Orcia, is absolutely beautiful.
2: Yeah, we didn't say anything about the beauty of the the landscape. The landscape is (laughs)
0: incredible. I did go into it on a previous episode where it's that quintessential landscape with the windy roads and the ciprese, the cypress trees that line people's quote-unquote driveways to their little villa And the, what makes it special to me is that they don't have an area where you can pull off in your car because if they did, there would be 10,000 people taking pictures with their phone and Instagram influencers, you know, holding up a Cypress street with their hand kind of thing. And so you just drive slowly. Well, foreigners drive slowly (laughs) (laughs) through this landscape. (laughs) Exactly. I know. I had to follow you at one point. Remember to go to the and we to go to the um, truffle the hunting, hunting, and we turn a corner, and the girls are in the back going, "He's gone, he's gone." <laughs> it's Like I see him way up there, like five curves ahead.
2: Have a, have a fit. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so anyway, the landscape is stunning and beautiful, and it will not change. No, it will not because change because of, because of the, UNESCO the UNESCO heritage. Of, yeah, exactly. And so there is the beauty. The
2: Climate, the food, and the uh, you know the, the the wine. And, so it's it's and a really it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's really like uh, you know like
0: paradiso, the
2: dolce vita, or
1: the say, good life. Say, you know? say, uh... <laughs> that's my favorite expression. Uh, I'd like to go back to the three pastas that we've had in oh, twenty-seven well, of hours. Of course you would, <laughs> and, and but also it's also it's been a wonderful experience eating them, but it's also been a wonderful experience listening to you and watching watching and and talking about the simplicity of of Italian cooking yeah. because we've gone through a couple of local supermarkets recently and we've just talked about this pasta that's industrial made yeah, yeah. plopped in and everything on it you can
2: tell it just look at it yeah <laughs> you can just
1: look at it but you know i mean one previous episodes i was talking about Caciotta Pepe mm-hmm. and the fact that you Whipped this up yesterday. Not only whipped up the sauce, but we actually had homemade pasta. And, and the what new. What was it
0: called? Do you remember? Peachy. Bravo!
1: <laughs> but the the nuance in the pasta, we made pasta yesterday, or you made pasta, and we tried this, we, we watched, but without egg. Yes. You know, and I've made fresh pasta before, I never thought, but the way you made it and just talked about the nuance of the pasta and relationship. To the sauce, and some sauces were a little yeah. coarser. Yeah,
2: I think, you no, know, like, um, just have to let your fantasy flow a bit, no? Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, if uh, I no, tell you what,
1: I got my fantasy yesterday. Three <laughs> pastas, three pastas <laughs> in twenty-seven hours. I'm good. Yeah,
2: but you saw, no, you saw yesterday how simple it was to do the pitchy and yeah. the, you know the cacio e pepe. We just need to shave the cheese. So it's something that you definitely you will try again to do it.
1: Absolutely. Yes,
2: and uh, you know, by the time the water was boiling. The pasta was ready already, just for mm-hmm. three people, is so easy and fast to do it. No, it's just rolling, so with the hands, and, uh, and yesterday night again, like the ravioli, No, so that was egg pasta, so, you, so also that one, the ratio of uh, making pasta, then I say you can change flour or you can mix flour, no? Of course, if you use a coarser flour or less refined, at least a part of it, uh you will have a, a noodle that is a little bit coarser so then if you have a kind of sauce that normally slippery on the noodles i don't know it, it goes away yep. so with the coarser pasta it stays uh, um sticks a little bit better no or uh, you know we we did the the flan and we did the 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 egg pasta yesterday so we decided to go with more yolks into the pasta and uh, more white eggs white into the flan so we have a uh, a nicer flavor of the zucchini for the flour without having the yolks. And we have a richer pasta with uh, um, using more yolks, no? At the same time, you can do the full eggs for both and uh, you have uh, still a good things, no? You just need to try and practice and experiment. No,
0: you what know? you need to be is Italian because <laughs> there's no way any of us could learn it that great. Um, yesterday, Hutch, our host, one half of the host, he was taking notes while Paolo was doing, well, we forgot to add that you made focaccia Mm -hmm. because Vivi asked if we should get some bread. He goes, get bread. I just make focaccia. Her face, just like her mouth dropped to the floor, like, oh, you can make focaccia? Mm -hmm. Of course you can. So what I found interesting personally was the difference in the doughs from what I saw in 24 hours. You made the peachy for our calcio pepe yesterday. And then two hours later, you're making a focaccia dough and you made the dough for the ravioli. And all three of those doughs were completely different in color, in yeah. density. Consistent, and right it, yeah. then and there, you just lost me and Hutch is taking notes and he's, we don't know grams because America well, has we a work totally,
1: imperial, right?
0: totally different system. And, and uh, Paolo's going well. So eighteen grams here and forty-seven there. But, and but, Hutch
1: but is I also panicking. think one. I also one of the things that Hutch was panicking about is Hutch is a very. He's a fantastic cook. He is. But he's very structured, and yeah, he gets he gets a recipe, and he just he executes the recipe.
2: I think it was very good for him yesterday. It was. We, it was. To it was to kind let of themselves go a little bit more free and wild. Freelancing. Friday, yes. No? The, absolutely. He had
0: like twenty <laughs> sheets of small notepaper, and finally, it's like. done I'm just gonna watch and Paolo's like and then you add some salt he pours it in his hand and it's already in the pot before Hutch could say how many teaspoons is that Paolo's like I don't know (laughs) yes I think it's harder for us to learn it unless we completely immerse ourselves or we just come to Tuscany live with you
2: I give you I give you a little tip so then uh, you know if you want to try even like tonight or today so I You always start from the uh, ratio like 2 to 1, so the flour is double, than the uh, liquid. Mm -hmm. The liquid could be water, it could be eggs, so the moisture part, no? So you start from there and you adjust, so you need to, so the very important thing is that uh, uh, you have to work the dough. So even if it's hard, you have to keep working it and then you have to let it rest. Some do, like the Pichi, you have to work it for a longer time. So, in order for the gluten to change, you know, it's, a, it's a whole chemical like a reaction and changing that happen, And so, you have to practice. So, just practice. At the end, is, uh, it's not bad. No, Just to, to massage uh, half a kilo of flour with water
1: and no. <laughs> 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 lukewarm water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, that 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 was that's another, another tip. That's <laughs>
2: another tip. That's so, for t- Pichi, you have to start with warm water instead yep. of cold water. Otherwise, uh, this doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, at the end, it's simple. It's uh, it's uh, just try, it. just try.
1: I'm, I'm into the practice. I'm into practice mode. I will be practicing because uh, to have Kimberly allow me to have three pastas in 27 hours. Oh, we're
2: not having another one for like <laughs> two months.
1: Oh, no, no. We're going to practice <laughs> <kidding>. next weekend. <laughs>
2: Also, the dessert now was super easy to, to um, prepare, no? Like what we did to the pair. So we just good. peel them, uh, you know, you take wine, you put some sugar, you put some spices or things you like to have. So we put cinnamon, we put cardamom, you can put orange, uh, you know, you can put uh, star anise. Uh, so really, it's up to your uh, what you like you know, or what you want to try. Then if it doesn't come the way you thought, for sure, you will be able to taste what is wrong or and not, and next time next you time. try a different way, you know, until you really come out with what you like. It doesn't have to be the same. Maybe you make something that is even better to your taste,
1: mm-hmm. you know? I think one of the things you said today at lunch, when we sat down for lunch, you said you always, when you tried something new, or...
2: Yeah, I have the base, and then on the side, I, I take little part of what I'm doing, and I try to... Uh, change the balance with ingredients and see the result maybe i don't even know what is going to happen if i go too extreme and changing right you know i'll try i'm doing that i'm there already so to try an extra bit uh, i see sometimes great things come from mistakes no like the the best dishes or like uh, also some cheeses No, like the way the Mm -hmm. fermentation all this kind of Cans because maybe people forgot to take something out of the stove or they left it outside the night instead of putting it in the freezer or you know, and, uh, and the day after they had this new product and say wow <laughs> I didn't expect it no so that's the way.
0: I think our next podcast with Paolo will be in Tuscany at his new kitchen. Yeah, that <laughs> would be that? great.
1: Certo. <laughs> <laughs> be Can great. we
0: be your first guest? Uh,
1: let's not yeah. ma- let's not ask for any commitments. No. You just- <laughs> so
2: you should no be there by the first of May. So that's oh. oh, okay. <laughs> hmm. No, I mean like first of May, I'm gonna be moving there, but it's not gonna be ready. So right, we still have time.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we will be there with our. Microphones and our taste
2: buds. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to have all of you on, like all the all table of yesterday, of yesterday night. Yesterday. So yes, <laughs> yes. You know
0: what? I think that idea was thrown out there. And last night at 1 a.m., everyone's like, yes. I think let's there was
2: go. significant significant <laughs> in They, were, buy-in. they yes. were booking tickets.
0: Bye <laughs> <laughs> Paolo, we are so happy you came and so grateful that you made that dinner for us because everyone learned something. And enjoyed it, and now you have 12 new
2: friends. Yes, grazie a voi, grazie a tutti quanti, uh, also for the possibility to visit a uh, beautiful place, Little Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yes. In, the, so. in
0: the month of March, it's not at its finest, yes. but it's still a great place. You'll come I back. love it. Okay, what a fun, quick trip. We'll do it again.
2: Yes. Okay. We will.
0: Grazie tutti, e ci sentiamo la settimana prossima. Talk ciao. to you next week. Ciao. Thank you very much. Ciao,
1: ciao. <laughs> Ciao, ciao.
0: Bravi. Okay.
1: It was I good. I fatto
0: huh? benissimo. Si? <laughs> yes, you did. It was good.